could you get me doing that as much as possible? And so we have to steward the gifts God has given us, and we're responsible for communicating that to others. Um, and so that I hope there's not disappointment or frustration. The expectations were clear, and the expectations can be delivered on. And man, that allows me to be myself. It's just to know, man, I'm not cheating any organization where we're on a boat going over some gorgeous island. Uh, it's like, be part of it. Be there, right? I don't need six hours back in the room to recover from that. I actually want to be with the people. And so, I don't know, that's just free. Like, when, when we encounter somebody that is being who God made them to be, we're actually not tempted when we're healthy to copy them. When we're healthy, we're actually tempted to be more us and who God made us to be. And that's the beauty. It's like, man, when I see the genius in somebody else and go, they are built for that environment. I'm not like, I suck because I can't do what they do. I go, dang, I want to polish that little gem that God's given me so much that it shines that way in a completely different area. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Communitas podcast. This is a really fun one for me. I'm super excited. Uh, we have a, a few moments to talk to a dear friend of mine uh, from whom I have learned so much. His name is Alan Briggs. Many of you within the organization will know of Alan from his many uh, associations with us and coming to one of our large events a, a year and a half ago in Croatia. But Alan, it is just a joy to see you on my Zoom screen, and thank you so much for being here. Yeah, Jeff and Joy, thanks so much for having me. Communitas Tribe, hello. Yeah, right <laughs> on. Gosh, there's just so much for us for us to cover. So, uh, Alan, you, you do so many different things. Um, one of the things you've done with me, which has impacted me the most, is um, coaching. You know, professional coaching with me, and and I would love to get more deeply into that. Um, maybe it'd be helpful though. How did you, how do you find yourself in the seat you're in today compared to the seat you were in, let's say even five or 10 years ago? Yeah. I, I have to chuckle whenever, because I would honestly say that God tricked me into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I went in backwards to coaching. Essentially I was just helping people who were on mission in unique places. Most of them church planters were calling me from across the country um, and saying, hey, I, I heard you did this thing, um, and I think it's called coaching. And it wasn't common. It was really seen as an executive thing. And Jeff, you came from the executive space. And so it's very common in businesses and in techs, uh, upstarts. I mean, you name it, uh, business understands coaching. Ministry didn't at the time. And so I, I really had this thing where I go, man, there's something in me that loves to sit down with people, pull out the gold know that they're empowered to actually take their next steps and then to check back with them later and what were those next steps. And I sat down with somebody, had that had a conversation, and I said, man, I actually think this may be my greatest gifting. Mm -hmm. uh, and he just started laughing. He's like, it's called coaching. There's a thing. I'm like, no way. There's not a name for this. Like sports? <laughs> I had no idea yeah. what it was. Yeah. Uh, and so, no, it's called coaching. But the everything we do is at the intersection of the spiritual and the practical. And I've said that to you many times. In our coaching relationship, it is what's God saying to you, and then what are you going to do about it, and what's your next right step? And we are often, I would say, overtrained in a lot of the theological, and then sometimes we even um, head off into using that as an excuse to not take action. And so we start with awareness, and that awareness has to lead to action. We call it obedience. And so, okay, here's the new awareness, Joy. It seems like something's resonating right now. Tell me about that. And then once you work that out, it's what's your next right step? And choice brings dignity. Mm -hmm. And so I show people dignity by saying, what's what's your next step? Not me saying, Jeff, here's what you need to do. But I, I don't know. I don't know your context. I have a limited understanding of even a, the Communitas organization, right? No matter how I lo long, long I walk with an organization, I, I only know so much about it. And so you probably know. And so it's an understanding that the answer is within you, not in some woo-woo way, but that if we truly believe that the spirit that gives us power, wisdom, and discernment um, is within us, then we know that like within you is probably that step that you know you want to take, but you just don't know how to do it, or maybe you're afraid to say it out loud. And I found there is something about just saying it out loud, where sometimes I go, whoa, that feels like fresh tracks. 
which by the way, in Colorado, we pay good money to go find fresh powder. And I'll say, that feels like fresh powder, Joy. Have have you ever said that out loud before? And there's like this feeling where it's a sacred moment where I'm like, whoa, you've never said it that way. Somebody in a session with me said, I want to live with settled sonship. And I went, whoa, have you ever said that before? That feels like a minor miracle. And so I texted in that. I'm praying that over him. He's writing that down in these tools and frameworks we give him. I'm like, that phrase alone will change your life if you live into it. And so that's the beauty is the gems are there. Jeff, we just never know where in the course of 90 minutes or the course of a year they're going to come from. Um, and there's probably a couple of sessions or a couple of moments um, that are five minutes or less at a time that probably stick out to you the most. Doesn't mean the other stuff wasn't good or helpful. It's just that's the stuff that's literally life-changing. Um, and so I discovered it backwards, literally was doing that and was realizing there's something different. Simultaneously, I was preaching Simultaneously, I was leading, and I've always been a connector, but I was really naming that. Um, and I realized in coaching, I'm really just connecting, mm. I'm connecting people, I'm connecting with people's hearts, and I'm connecting dots where they realize, man, I was strategic in business, but I never thought about that as I planted a church, or I never thought about that as I served as a as a volunteer there. It's interesting you say connecting because the main thing I heard in all of what you just said is awareness. Of the self, and I think you're bringing something of connecting to yourself in a way that isn't often talked about in Christianity. There's, I mean, at least in some circles I came from, it was like, don't connect from yourself, don't tap into that. So, that, speak a little bit about that. How did you land on that, and do you find that difficult and there be resistance with people when you go there? Yeah, great question. I often find that we don't know what it's like to experience us, and so, right. like Brene yeah. Brown has this question. Um, when you do blank, I experience you as blank is the statement. And the question is just, how do you experience me when I do blank? Uh, mm -hmm. And I, so I remember I thought that I was relaxed in the way I came across and chill in the way I came across. And perhaps there are moments of that, maybe if I'm out fishing or if I'm with friends uh, and the guy's like, no, you're not, you're intense. And that was the moment of awareness to learn Um I bring a certain intensity and it's not for everybody. It's literally, mm. it's it's not you, it's me. Mm -hmm. And to say, man, now it's stewardship. To say, I have to work with a certain person that is intense about how God has wired them uh, or I'm literally going to resent them because I'm going to work harder on their life than they're willing to work. Like I don't mm. say yes to anyone that I'm not going like, dude, there is a gem inside you and it may be in a coal mine, but we are going to find it. And so just realizing, whoa, like if I don't structure for that well, Joy, yeah. um, then I'm actually going to send the wrong message. Like this person isn't living in obedience. So this person isn't loved by God or, and my intensity is going to send the wrong message uh, in that. But to the right person who's ready to receive it and moving slowly enough to find that chemistry, um, then we both kind of find the chemistry together and hopefully then they can find their next steps. And so I think that's the humbling part mm -hmm. of it is that we're a great fit for a few people and we're a bad fit for everybody else. And just to understand that. Um, but there's a huge disconnect. And I think we've we've not taught that the body matters much and that it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and once in a while your body because it carries your brain and your heart places. And when we once we understand that, I go, man, I need to, the phrase we use, pay attention to what you pay attention to. When I leave work and go, man, which I will today because I love these conversations, I'll go, that was an unbelievable day for me. And I'll reverse engineer and go, what happened? Well, I just got off the phone with an organization that is literally across the world. They have great things in place, but they need to connect the dots. And I said, I'd love to offer you some consulting, um, but I'm not going to charge you for it for a while because I truly believe the seeds of greatness are in this, but you guys are missing some connected dots that's exciting to me. I got to have that conversation for the last hour. I get to have this conversation. Um, and so paying attention to that. Then the days I go home frustrated, what's happening? Well, my CPA is asking me to you know, name financial terms. I have no idea what you're talking about. Did you give us this form? Did you give us that form? No, you're the CPA. I think I'm paying you to do that. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Those are the days when I'm like, I am completely frustrated. Pay attention to what you pay attention to yeah. uh, in that. And so that's that's a huge thing. I'm glad to share kind of how I'm doing that. I'm actually um, eliminating as much adrenaline as possible in my schedule 
Um, and so I've done that with caffeine before and limited that as sort of the external drug. Um, and then the internal of running off of adrenaline, running off last minute thinking, um, stirring up chaos around me to other people when, you know, needlessly. And, um, and that's just something that I'm learning to pay attention to that and to become calm over caffeinated. And so, okay, calm, what does calm look like? Because if I'm going to bring calm, they can be calm. But if I'm going to bring excitement, that's just going to stir them up toward more excitement. And so, um, yeah, learning to practice that myself, coaching is humbling. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. you, you have to be the exemplar. If you are the coach, people are going to see your Facebook post. People are going to see your email at 1130 PM while you tell them to have great boundaries. They're going to know that you didn't have them. And so it raises the bar for me because I get to work with and learn from amazing leaders across the country. Uh, You know who you are if you're listening and they hold me accountable uh, in a certain way to be able to, to do that. And so I'm learning it myself, Joy, but it's, it's the biggest gap of heart, soul, mind, and body is actually Mm -hmm. starting with the body. Um, and then working from there, um, tons to say about it, but I, I better not. Yeah. <laughs> so that text you sent me last night at 10 30, we'll, we'll not talk about that for, for your balance. <laughs> I believe it was pre nine. If, if okay. I was thinking right, uh, with some time change stuff, if, right. if I was wrong, then you need to send it back to me and say, you lied on the air. It was pre nine. <laughs> I tend to put my phone away at 9 PM so I can go hang out with my wife. Nice. That's awesome. That's good. Hey, um, so let's go back. I stay forth. We can talk more about stay forth and all that you've done there and what you've built and how it's kind of morphed and what it's become. Uh, and links to all this will be in the show notes as well. But um, how, again, how did you get to stay forth? I mean, you, you've planted churches, you've been in pastoral ministry. You, I mean, you've done so many things, right? What, yeah. what was the transition from yeah. that world into the world you're in now. And yeah. maybe, that, maybe that's a longer backstory than than I'm even asking for, but I'd like to hear it all anyway. Man, it it happened in a two-minute time frame, the beginning of the end. I was driving wow. to preach at one of our parishes, which is um, small, decentralized, sort of just an amazing group of people that say, we love this sector of our city, a couple different neighborhoods. And I was driving to preach and I was burdened for the people I knew who I was coaching who were preaching across the country and had hard things to deal with. Mm-hmm. The ones that I knew were going things, you know, through things with their family. And it dawned on me that my congregation had shifted from a local congregation to a decentralized group of kingdom leaders across the country. And it was that sobering moment where I knew that my heart was going to continue to drift more toward that. And at some point it would be unfair to lead a local congregation. Mm. And, um, and and it truly was the beginning of the end. I wasn't thinking about my message and I wasn't thinking about the people I was about to give high fives and hugs to and check back in. I was thinking about the people across the country. Uh, and so that was the beginning of the end. And through a discernment process with others, it was essentially asking, can I continue to do this with the work I'm doing here? And it was just too heavy of a heart load um, to bear. And so I lead uh, multiple businesses now, and I have partners in those, so I don't do all this alone. Of course not. Um, and it's, I believe, way easier for me if I can have a common thread to have multiple businesses that are an expression of that. Mm-hmm. Like we have a co-working and Kingdom Hub space here. Through partnerships, I'm looking out and seeing people in seven or eight different industries, similar hearts. That's uh, You're able to do that when there's a common thread because it actually pulls you together instead of apart. And what I realized there was this is actually going to pull my heart um, in different ways and drain energy. Uh, and at some point, it just wasn't going to be fair. And so I was actually given the opportunity to stay longer in, uh, in what would some, some people would say would be a dream transition, decided to jump. And in that first year, Jeff, I've told you this story, uh, COVID hit and every bit of income that I had, five different income streams, uh, as safe of a jump at that time as I could have made, um, all dried up. And I was sitting in in my shed um, at that time called a man cave. Uh, now it's uh, ladies are allowed uh, in there as well. And my <laughs> wife and daughters are welcome there. Uh, but I was sitting there and it's snowing um, in still and it's April in Colorado. And I'm saying, what have I done? And I remember this moment. It was like, okay, this may seem like the worst of days, but this is our moment. Like this is our moment. Leaders have never le- needed clarity more than they do right now. The only issue we have is a financial issue. Mm. 
and we'll figure that out. But it was, all right, so we let people out of our contracts for coaching, which every business coach would tell you never give away free coaching. I would, yeah. I let people out of contracts and said, if you needed coaching before this, you're really going to need it now. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment we were all in. And so it was the worst of times. It was the best of times. And I think we're still up living off a lot of those seeds. So if you ask when Stay Forth really started, when my heart was all in going, I believe this stuff changes lives, or this is just one more thing on the top that I could sell to people. And that's when we were all in. And so um, I became a forced volunteer in my role very, very quickly <laughs> overnight. And uh, and again, this the word for amateur is rooted in love, literally. Like, do you do it because you love people and you do it because that is the root? And if not, coaching or any other thing that helps people becomes gimmicky, salesy, and you literally yeah. can't say, hey, like, this is actually my calling before it's my career. I'm just figuring out how the heck to make mon- enough money to provide for mortgage and Costco in the midst of this. <laughs> and that was the moment that I needed. And it absolutely flipped me upside down. I began to understand understand the upside down kingdom even more. So terrible business plan, but that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Mm. The, yeah, I, I, I want to share just a, a glimpse into the, our coaching relationship because a, a real pivotal point for me in coaching with you, and by the way, um, COVID was profoundly impactful on the world, right? And I took my position, my current position with Communitas at about the same time you transitioned into Stateforth. Why not? Um, it's a great way and, to start. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a great way to start. Um, but as we began our coaching relationship, you asked me some really profound questions such as, what do you think the organization expects of you? What do you expect of you? And then the follow-up question, which was, what do you bring that's best? Instead of focusing on the stress of expectation, leaning into the gift of you know wiring and leadership and all those things that bring me excitement. So first of all, thank you for that, because that was a profound change in me as a leader um, and has resulted in in some really cool movements forward for Communitas. But Beautiful. And well, and team, there's two things in that that I want to talk through. Good. Because the first one is team. Like if you truly believe that we need a team, why would we not do our best to figure out how am I the best on that team? Mm. And sometimes, guess what? You're the person that gets rebounds. Guess what? Sometimes you're the person that cheers on the bench and keeps the team up during the game. Am I humble enough to receive the role that God has given me? Mm. Coaching is one of the most humbling professions, I believe, because you are helping people who are generally world-class in what they're doing. They're leading organizations. It happens privately, and, and nobody ever gives you credit. Nobody stands on a stage with an Oscar, and it's like, I want to thank my coach, you know? It's like, thank your mom, thank your team, <laughs> you know, and thank your producer. But you're, the coach never gets thanked, and you have to be okay with that to say, man, I'm actually more of an Aaron than I am a Moses, mm-hmm. and I'm going to hold other people's arms up. And do I truly believe that I can submit to that? And so first is team. And then the second is we're moving upstream in that expectations conversation, Jeff, from frustration. Because I don't want you to experience frustration and I don't want them to be disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. Whenever you experience disappointment or frustration, it's always a product of unmet expectations. Mm-hmm. So man, if we could just name expectations up front in the little ways, in the big ways, I've gotten better at this in my marriage. Every Friday night, it's what are your hopes and dreams for tomorrow? Why? Because I want to make my wife's Saturday dreams come true. And if that is sleeping in, get my yoga pants on, great. I'll wrangle these kids. We'll go out, find an adventure, and we'll give you the space that we need. And that has been beautiful to be able to help leaders to say, what are the expectations? What, what does CEO mean? What does president mean? What does pastor mean? What does church planter mean? What does missionary mean? Because it can mean a hundred different things. Once we get clear on that, it's amazing how clarity actually leads to courage. But it's really hard to get courage without clarity. Yeah. And so you mentioned earlier, and I don't want this to get too inside baseball because you bring so much that goes beyond communitas. But I think others listening outside of the organization will be able to benefit from this as well. Um, as you got to know us, communitas, and tell us about that journey a little bit, like like you getting to know us more deeply and connecting with us and seeing our rhythms and all that. I'd love to hear that part of the story. But I also want to hear something you mentioned earlier was 
connecting the dots. So you were able to see things through research and kind of from the outside in that maybe we become blind to on the inside. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, I'd love to hear about your journey with our organization, but then also what what were the dots that you saw that needed to connect and still do um, need connecting? It was essentially like a kind of random family that we'd heard about. It was a friend of a friend invited you to Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. And then afterwards you go, wow, that's beautiful. And wow, that's dysfunctional at the same time because <laughs> every family of origin has that. Yeah, so yeah. I'm looking for that. I'm looking for the quirkiness and I'm looking for the things. And so along the way, it was just clarity, clarity, clarity. And there are a lot of things. We talked about this, um, the beautiful essence of communitas that really couldn't come across any other way than being together with people. And so I'll kind of start backwards and move forwards until I was in a foreign country with you guys, you know, looking over the Aegean Sea and having the conversations and having the meals, I could see how women are deeply empowered in that space. I can see mm -hmm. how people were supported and had been through the brutal last few years of COVID and then um, the refugee crisis from Ukraine, how many people had been caring for. I see such deep joy and just goofiness and a song over here and story over here. And Jeff, you're sharing vulnerably. And it was like, that's the best thing that you could have done right now is just, here's my heart. Here's a spot of struggle. And so that was something I, I just had to be there to in person to experience the essence of that. Mm -hmm. So it was clarity. This is an ecosystem. This is an extended family that feeds off of one another for ideas and encouragement and thoughts, a, a family that loves to be together and doesn't hold back uh, when you're together. And so that was beautiful to be able to see. And on the front end, there's a lot of clarity that there were some dots that hadn't been connected. And, um, and I would, by the way, I'd say any decentralized organization has to work harder at clarity, period. Yeah. Yeah. Not only do you guys not have a water cooler, you don't have a common airport and you don't have a common state or country. Right. So that's a challenge. And so clarity, we're never as clear as we think. And sometimes what I don't know about you can be helpful because I'm on the outside going, what does that mean? You know, what do these three letters mean that you keep referencing? What is this thing? What is that thing? There's this thing called dynamic adventure that is a gem. Why are you guys not putting that out there more and monetizing that more? Because by the way, money's not bad. Money's great. It can fund amazing stuff and pay mortgages <laughs> and create resources. And you know, like, why is that not? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't either didn't know it was that good or didn't know how. Okay, great. And so I think the lie is that people have to know everything about us to be able to make us great. And in fact, sometimes what people don't know about us is more helpful because yeah. I'm objective going, guys, you have something really special here. Um, and by the way, here's the trick. I don't work with any organization I don't believe with, uh, believe in. Yeah. And so I could track with you guys. I believed in you guys. And so it doesn't make sense to invest time, invest energy and invest money um, in a process that I think maybe kind of could help you. And so that's really important if you're a coach listening of any kind. You have to ask yourself, is there chemistry? And could I honestly shake them and go, I believe that I can help you. And if I don't fully believe that, then I'm a charlatan if I accept time or energy. Or worse, if I let energy leak from your organization and two years later you go, yeah, that wasn't help at all. It's a total waste of my time. That is one of the greatest insults we can give mm. to people who that is our resource. Our main resource is energy, second time, and then distant, way beyond that is money. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you for what you've meant to us as an organization. Oh, it's it's been a total joy, man. And you've been ideal, um, Jeff. You into there's four H's that have to be true for me to coach somebody. And in 30 minutes, I'm filtering for those uh, right up front. And so that was just like, man, I was invited into this completely honest conversation and it moved quickly because you guys didn't hold anything back, right? We're sitting in a little room, looking out <laughs> the mountains. We took a little break, you know, to get out in creation a little bit. And like, if you'd have held back, a day or two, you can't accomplish anything in a day or two. But man, when you're honest, it just opens up the floodgates to to let them in. And so you guys let me in so quickly. It was like, I got to find a way to work with these guys. Let's let's figure this out. What are the four H's? First of all, humble. I mean, that is the foundation right there. I don't know why you'd ask somebody into your life if you truly aren't open to their input. Mm -hmm. right? Like that feels to me like a waste of time. And surprisingly, it happens. Sometimes 
somebody's sent like coaching is detention. And I'm like, whoa, I'm sorry. I will not lead detention. This is one of the greatest gifts you can give somebody mm. as a coach to pair them with, to bring out the, the greatness. Hungry, I can't do the work for you. I refuse to work harder on your life than you're willing to work or your organization than you're willing to work. It's just, it's just a bad equation, um, whether it's parenting or whether it's coaching or whether it's consulting. High capacity. Uh, what I mean by that is that you have some place you're going that you haven't hit yet. I sometimes see organizations or leaders that I think have topped out. Mm -hmm. And I think unless they make serious resources or structural changes, um, you guys have this starfish and spider mentality, which is pretty much an unbelievable ability to scale across the world. Talk about high capacity there and the power of the spirit with a decentralized starfish and spider type network. Um, and then the last one is really simple, uh, but honest, is if I don't regularly sense that honesty, that's somewhat self-deprecating, here's where I'm not winning, here's what's hard for me, and almost look for the leader that's overly honest with that I have to go, hey, guess what, Jeff, you're actually doing some things well. Mm. And, and you probably remember we start coaching with where you're thriving before we go to where you're struggling. Because that one bully that's eating your lunch, whether it's the organization and your communication structure, is the one thing that you're like, ah, oh, we got to figure this out. You're doing 98 things well, and that one thing makes you feel like you're failing. Yeah. Or you're doing so many things well, except... You just can't figure out how to organize that piece of content as a leader. Uh, it's not all falling apart. God's at work. You're maturing. You're impacting people. And guess what? There's an area that we can help together make progress on. Yeah. I, there was another question you asked me at one point, which I, I have to admit at first kind of came across as almost, I'll say insulting in a way. But the but but we had developed the relationship by that time certainly, but the question was uh, how do you know you're in the right seat for this organization? And boy, that was really impactful, you know, for a leader in any position. And I don't care what title is with it, but mm -hmm. for a leader in any position to to really have to grasp that and and grapple with it, um, yeah, that that's and profound. I, I think I remember that Jeff, and I I was honestly curious about it. Uh, and so if you're a coach listening of any, of any kind, lowercase c coach, and you do a little bit on the side, uppercase c coach, you're hoping to make a living from it. If you can't be curious, if you're not interested in what those people are doing or how they want to grow or how they want to mature, tell people no. Like it, mm. Curiosity is one of the greatest gifts I can give. And so if I remember that moment, I was just genuinely curious because I think we talked about three or four different ways you could serve the organization. Yeah. And it was just like, I'm curious because some people would rather lead in second or third tier leadership and be a specialist versus it's hard at the top, guys. I, I don't know if you know that. If you've ever led anything, you have to take care of a whole bunch of stuff. You know, I don't want Jeff's role. I know what's behind it and all of that. You know, I'm, I'm in a specialist type role in that. And so I would just say, and Dr. Kurt Thompson, amazing, the author of The Soul of Shame and The Soul of Desire, he says that the opposite of anxious is not calm, it's curious. Mm. Think about that. The opposite of anxious is not calm, it's curious. And when I can get with a coaching client and say, okay, now that we're calmed down from that situation, I'm curious, Jeff, why you said that, why you reacted this way. Um, and sometimes it's a win. I'm curious how you knew to do that when you were in such a hard situation. Um, and when I'm genuinely curious, and then people can tell, Versus calm down, calm down, Jeff. That never worked with kids, coaching clients, anyone on your team. Yelling at people to calm down has never worked. But I'm curious, what's going on inside of you? I'm curious, where did this dream come from for this? I'm curious, why do you feel so called to this role? I'm curious, how do you keep going when it gets really, really hard? What keeps driving you? That's the kind of stuff that brings connection. And when we connect with hearts and we can truly see the trust go, and we can then go and take risks that potentially involve failure, but without connection, we got nothing. Right. Yeah, that's good. And and for those of you listening who may be considering a coaching relationship, man, I can't speak more highly to it. Um, I mean, through our relationship, Alan, what what you have taught me is to be authentically me, not some caricature of a leader, right? That that I think other people are yes. expecting one yes. because I'm assuming, and that's a mess. Yeah, uh, but go ahead. Yeah, you were. And here's the reality, man. I like you. 
and just let that awkwardly sit. I like you. You're drinking your, you know, pink juice instead of coffee, which occasionally makes me feel like a bad human that I drink too much coffee. Or I, I genuinely like you. I don't know why, but we just click. You know, I could blame it on the fly fishing. All of my coaching clients, I like them. I want to be with them. You've seen this when you come in. I do this kind of like, yeah, get in here because I'm actually excited to see you. That's not an act. Sometimes there's just not chemistry, and I think that. That we just sometimes, I go, I don't know why, but that just doesn't click. There was somebody that I would have made a large sum of money coaching them. They're at a very large, now international organization. I think they're the second in command. And we just didn't click. Mm. I don't know why. Couldn't put a finger on it. But man, I'm really glad that she actually knew that it didn't click before I, so I didn't have to be the one you know, to say it. Right. Um, and again, that's really helpful. And I would just encourage you to to say that's not whether we need to be in relationship with people. It's just voluntarily something like a coaching relationship that requires that level of vulnerability, that level of trust. I'm waking up going, can't wait to talk to Jeff again. I wonder what he's been carrying. I wonder what the victories have been. And man, I don't know. I'm just not very good at acting. I got about two calls before I'm like, oh, beat down. You got to talk to Jeff again. Oh, man. You know, <laughs> versus like, so excited to see you. So I would just encourage you that that matters. And again, what you're talking about earlier, Joy, like we just haven't paid attention to our body. I get excited. To, oh, yeah, cool. I'm going to grab a drink of water and hop into a coaching session with Jeff. I can't wait to journey with him, the good, the hard, and the in-between. And so if you're coaching and if you're also kind of filtering for a coach, just make sure there's a chemistry there. I don't know how it all works, but God just puts chemistry there sometimes and doesn't other times uh, in that. And so that's something that I, I was wrong about. Uh, and I undervalued. And now I'm like, man, that's actually a huge deal. And whether it involves money, you know, walking out the door to somebody else, I promise you it's great. Introduce them to somebody else that they can see if they have chemistry with. Mm -hmm. So what I hear you saying is, in addition to knowing what you can do or what you bring and why you're in that seat, there's there's a necessity to know also what where your limits are, what you can't yes. do and what you don't have. How do you work with that with people or how do you help them tune into that or yeah. bring that awareness, that part of awareness? Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, if the only tool I've got is a hammer, then everything's a nail. Mm -hmm. And so if I believe that I am the answer to everybody's question, no matter whether I know them or their question, then I've already lost. So in my inbox right now, there are three messages of people that want to pursue coaching. I can see that from the subject line. Let's pursue coaching. Can you coach me in this? But very simple. There's three names there. Two of them I know, one of them I don't know. But regardless, uh, I'm not sure what they need or desire. And so I always start with a session that I call a breakthrough session and just say, hey, let's see if there's chemistry there. Let's see if we can break through one small area in 30 minutes. Uh, and if we can't, um, and you prepare and I prepare a little bit and we can't break through that, then, then maybe it's just not the right timing. And so actually starting with everything in my life is guilty till proven innocent because I got a good thing going. I got a good thing going. I get to pick up my kids from school. My wife's in foster care full time. I still get to date my wife. Occasionally it's just going on a walk for a mile, watching the sunset or whatever. But like, I'm trying not to screw this thing up in so many ways. Like this is a really good thing. And I could easily throw in the good versus the best. And just, I'm, I'm actually asking, why should I invest precious time? Why should they invest precious time, energy, and money into this? This really better be right. Early in the process, Joy, I used to see, you know, especially when you're building a business, I'm like, here we go. And I was like, this is God's provision. This is a great thing. This is who I prayed for. And now I'm just like, man, I'm at the edge of really being full as a coach and running cohorts, but also going, man, like, Everything I say yes to and everyone I say yes to, especially continually, is a no to a whole lot of other great opportunities. Whether it's walking outside in 75 degree weather, thank you, God, looking at Pike's Peak and just a beautiful day and having some margin space, going home early or investing in somebody else, it's changing the world. Um, I think that was that's the start. And then just trusting relationship. Just trusting relationship. When you meet with that person and you go, man, that feels a little salesy. And that feels weird. I don't know. I, I Maybe I know 50 real estate agents. Maybe I should just call another one um, in this. And just trusting your gut there and also trusting. Maybe that's the spirit 
guarding and guiding me and guarding and guiding them in the process. So I've just learned to ask and sort of count myself out of why I could be the solution to um, you know, what they're looking for. And it has been so freeing, guys, so freeing to say, God's already got me on very important assignments. Um, I'm not really looking for one more, but I'm open to it. Like, so Joy, um, why did you email me? Why me? What are you looking for? Do you think I could serve you in this way? How in the world would you get that idea um, that I could? I'm, I'm just curious. Why'd you reach out to me? And being honestly curious takes so much pressure off of that as opposed mm-hmm. to, I got to make this work. I got to coach X amount of people. I got to make this happen. Man, we're in a bad situation to make desperate decisions if we're starting with that. Yeah. And I hear you speaking from that place of modeling your limits and that then trickles out as you're coaching others, I'm sure. Yeah, like I think you're saying you're the exemplar. People are watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for good or for ill, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and there's sometimes we're like, oh, sorry, you know. Um, but when we ask questions, uh, we're actually giving other people the control. And so I had a session this morning uh, with a guy that's got. I mean, we get to talk for eight straight hours, and trusting God in the limits of that. About ten minutes ahead of time, I said, "Do you have some extra time?" Uh, and I don't say I'd love to give you extra time. I said, "I'd love to invest a life." extra time and you have some extra time? Okay, let's go. And so we had about 15 or 20 extra minutes, which allowed that last part to not be rushed. Um, but often I have to go immediately. You, you've sensed that mm-hmm. sometime, Jeff. I got to work these notes up. That's a gift to you. I got to head over here to something else or I promise something to somebody. Got to work on a piece of content. And it's just been great to acknowledge the limits of going mm-hmm. for whatever reason. God has this, you know, 90 minutes at a time here. I get tired at the end of the day. So I actually end my, my day early and move over to bus driver mode, drive my kids all around town to all these, you know, cool things that they're doing. And just like, by then my brain's pretty much done. And I'm like, that's all for today. As if I'm at a barbecue joint, uh, not a ramen joint. In a ramen joint, you can go back and you can make some more and it takes, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, no problem. Barbecue joint's like, man, this has been slow simmering for a long time. I'm sorry, we're literally out of meat. Come back tomorrow. And I've just learned that beauty of like, I'm tanked come back tomorrow. This ain't going to be good for you or me. How do you discern what, there are a hundred different opportunities in front of you, but you've selected several, I don't know, five or so. Um, Tell us about those five and how do you discern like what fits into those categories while you maintain the kind of lifestyle you just say, you can pick your kids up from school. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a lot of people couldn't say that they could do five different things and still pick their kids up from school. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Behind behind the scenes. Here's a great question. Here's how I make my decisions. A declaration I made years ago is I want to be paid to learn instead of paying to learn. No offense here to formal education, but I know people who don't know how to learn apart from formal education. Mm. That's a terrible hobby. It's a great investment if you know why. Yeah. It's a terrible hobby if you don't know why you keep going back and, you know, having doctorates like candy. You know, it's just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, here. And so just making that declaration has shaped me of just saying, man, well, like, who would I want to learn from and with? And, and often that happens in coaching, but also a podcast is beautiful because it attracts the right kind of conversations. And I probably get 12 um, publicists um, or individuals each week that say, well, you're interested in having this person. And they're all impressive. They've all written books. You know, they're all world-class at something. Their bios are ridiculous, right? As ninja of something, and they're the most interesting woman in the world. And, you know, it's like, come on. Okay, I know they're impressive. But I also go through the lens of relationship. I want to say yes to this uh, because we have relationship there. And I want to catch up. And I immediately go, man, is that a heck yes? Heck yes, I want to go chat about these things. That'll that'll be great. Or is this like, no, okay, what's going on? And to your point, Joy, I also like paying attention to, to my body. Like, man, what's the holdup? there. Or, man, why do I not want to do that? Um, so I think that's part of it. The The difference between good and best, Jeff, is literally just figuring out what's God said to me in this season, and then what's the potential fruit of that. And so I, I really moved from a season of addition to a season of multiplication. Again, not mm-hmm. to say that's better, not to say I've graduated. Um, you have to do things effectively first before you can do them efficiently. And so to understand, man, I'm great in these environments uh, and not so much in these. Or man, this is where I'm most effective. And then this right here, no. And so a guy asked me to coffee 101 uh, in our city, I'm likely going to say no. It's an addition opportunity. 
But then I'm going to say, but I'd love for you to come in to my backyard every three months and do these gatherings in my backyard. I'd love for you to come to our space here and be part of Crucial Conversations or this meetup or this other thing, because there's 12 leaders like you in the city who get to know each other. And so that's accepting my role as a connector and that God has put a multiplication uh, bent on me and and a gifting, and and I got to steward that. It's connecting the right people. Because I've often been a bottleneck of the right people meeting because they thought they needed to meet me. They actually needed to go through me to meet somebody else who was the true gift to them. Meanwhile, I resented them for taking an hour of my time that I told them yes for. That is not their issue. It's mine and just owning that. And so the, the yes, also educating people. In this season of my life, it's not me wanting to be a diva. It's that I'm, I'm full actually in my coaching schedule. I host a podcast myself. I'm a partner in this business. I'm primary in this other one. Um, and I need to get off at this time because my wife works full time and I'm the after school homework parent driving kids around. I mean, what kind of jerk is going to get mad at you for that? Like, how <laughs> dare you invest deeply in your kids, you know? And so mostly it's just educating them on that. And they're like, oh, okay. But when we give people alternatives, they usually take them is what I found. Let's give them a good alternative. And just to say, I'm sorry, kind of have to wean people off of our individual presence sometimes to be able to get them to what they're truly looking for. Pastors have a hard time with that because guess what? You ain't Jesus. And, and one hour with you won't fix everything. I'm sorry, ahead of time, you need to share, what are you hoping to get out of this meeting? Because if you're looking for something, oh, I'll do an email connect and save us 59 minutes each. If you're looking for this, I'm not the right person, actually. I, I don't do massive growth scaling, and so your organization could go and, you know, 6X in the next six months. That's not me. Would you like to introduce me to my friend who's brilliant at that? Mm. And so I think it's just asking up front. It's the fruit internally, which I believe is fulfillment. Is that fulfilling or is that not? And I'll share an example here in a minute that's not. And then is that fruitful? Do I see actual things happening in the world because I was some little piece of planting a seed? And just poking that seed in the ground there and going, man, that's really cool to watch that that thing sprout. And then to get out of the way and for somebody else to tend the process. I'm not much of just to go somewhere and speak kind of guy. And so, Jeff, this would be an example for me. It's like, go somewhere, speak. You know me. I'm like, man, I want to have meals with people. If somebody wants to coach on a specific issue, I get excited for that. And I have a use me up policy. Because when you're a coach, you're kind of always coaching, right? You're on a boat and we're singing Gilligan's Island, going across to somewhere in Croatia. And somebody's like, what would you do here with this content? What about that? Like, I'm on all the time. And that's that's what I want to do. But it would be so unfulfilling to get on a plane, go somewhere and speak for an hour, get a nice check and go home. I'm like, that's a terrible use of, of me. I don't think the fruit's there. I wouldn't pay me to do that. And then it's just not fulfilling. And so trying to figure out both of those pieces um, and then once you know to filter for that and to say, hey, I'd love to serve your organization in two or three, four different ways. Are you open to that? As opposed to the opposite. Somebody else may say, my number one gift is teaching and inspiring from the front. Could you get me doing that as much as possible? And so we have to steward the gifts God has given us. And we're responsible for communicating that to others. Um, and so that I hope there's not disappointment or frustration. The expectations were clear and the expectations can be delivered on. And man, that allows me to be myself. It's just to know, man, I'm not cheating any organization where we're on a boat going over some gorgeous island. Uh, it's like, be part of it. Be there, right? I don't need six hours back in the room to recover from that. I actually want to be with the people. And so, I don't know, that's just free. Like when when we encounter somebody that is being who God made them to be, we're actually not tempted when we're healthy to copy them. When we're healthy, we're actually tempted to be more us and who God made us to be. And that's the beauty. It's like, Man, when I see the genius in somebody else and go, they are built for that environment. I'm not like, I suck because I can't do what they do. I go, dang, I want to polish that little gem that God's given me so much that it shines that way in a completely different area. Good thing we have Jonathan. Good thing we <laughs> yes. have Jonathan. Jonathan, Jonathan, we love you. Can we give one more <laughs> shout out to team? And why Big shout out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and the truth is... Um, this podcast wouldn't exist without first your inspiration and then the podcast boot camp and then you know Jonathan, uh, whose name gets dropped all the time in these yes. podcasts, who really helps us. So you hey. assembled an amazing act, like you said, you're a great connector, right? And let let's talk about multiplication for a minute. Like when we can get a message out 
that's literally out of control. Hmm. Like the moment when my book went on Amazon, it was terrifying. And then you start to get the email back from some person you could have never met and handed that book to. It's on the largest site in the world. When you get it out, I'm I'm amazed. When I'm like, what? You're an investment banker and you think our podcast is the right place to listen in? Amazing. Great. Because that, that has to be a miracle because that's never who we're intending in our mind as our avatar. And like, that's beautiful when we get the message of multiplication out there. How many times do we block that? And do we keep it underneath or control. And and sometimes God sort of like gives us these explode, you know, creative explosions where I'm just like, we were selling our journal that's phenomenal, but it wasn't on Amazon. And people were like, man, how do we find this? What about this? What are that? There are people who need the structure we bring to organize their chaos. It's working for many people. They don't know how to find it. Man, how do we get to that point? And so that conviction has actually led me. You ask about changes to stay forth, Jeff. Any of the changes we're making now, we're trying to think, how do we look through an addition um, or past an addition mindset to multiplication mindset? Mm. And how do we make a shift from time management to energy investment? To say, if we invest here, what, an hour-ish in a podcast, have a great conversation, then somebody's driving listening to this. You know who you are. Somebody's doing the dishes listening. They're at the gym. And we're actually going to them with a message that they need today for some reason. That's crazy. That's crazy. How do we get in the way, have the conversation, and get out of the way? And I just think that's how movements start is when people like you find people like me, find people like somebody else that have the common thing that unlocks something, then suddenly we become a tribe. And that's one reason that I love Communitas is because you guys are a tribe. You guys are relationally based. You guys are an ecosystem. It looks completely different based on the wiring of the leader, the continent that they're in. And one of my most fun phases is where you freed me to just talk to different Communitas leaders. Yeah. I go, great. I just get to ask interesting people, hopefully really good questions ahead of time. And I learned so much, probably more than I ever added in value back because I was able to just ask questions to people who are doing fascinating things. And that grew me uh, in the process. So that's always a win-win when I can grow and also add value to other people in the meantime. So Joy, you you look like you're ready to, ready to share or refute what I just said or something. No, well, I was just thinking that kind of goes back to your your statement or your your mission that you wanted to get paid to learn, right? You're getting to learn about all this stuff and meet all these people and connect all those dots as you're I'm working. A, I'm a learner, so uh -huh. I mean, to me, I if that's part of my job description to learn, and we tend to not do things eventually that we feel like aren't adding value back. And in the season, like my family, we got to, we got to live, we got to survive from this constellation of provision, man, mm. I would say it's probably six hours a week ish. I get paid to learn and I can't afford not to, if I want to <laughs> help give you guys the resources that you need from a quote or a book or a thought or a podcast or connecting you somewhere else. And I realize if I don't figure out a way to get paid to learn and to get the thing working for the things that I deeply value, then I'm going to be irrelevant really quickly. I'm not going to be able to speak somebody's language over here. And I'm not going to be able to read um, the signs of the times um, through you know some of the great theologians or the great practical folks of our day who are leading the podcasts and are you know shaping YouTube channels and are uh, publishing books. So sorry to go off on that. You, you hit a nerve, okay. but yes, <laughs> uh, I made a discipline and hopefully shaped my life around becoming a learner. Mm -hmm. What are some things right now, Alan, that are shaping you that that you're reading or discovering? You, you know, yeah. You're putting some good time into it right now. What are yeah. those things? My number one focus this year uh, is initiating my 12-year-old son into his teenage years. Mm. So I could suck on a podcast. I could be a little bit flat as a coach. Um, I could gain you know 12 pounds and the dad bod could be thriving, um, but I ain't going to miss <laughs> that opportunity right there. Um, and so that is my focus. So we were together, um, yesterday morning, uh, and we were diving into what he's learning, what he's reading and, uh, helping him, uh, raise money for our rescue mission and him be the primary in that and him running the campaign and me just being a sort of his head marketing director in that. Uh, and so that, that's the number one thing. And so that shapes kind of what I'm reading, what I'm learning, what I'm talking to a lot of other dads about, um, my, my coaching process and what's changing with that and how we take these experiences 
And as you know, Jeff, I've been fascinated by experiences for the last decade, uh, generally what we've done wrong about them and how do we make everything that we're doing into an experience. Our cohort is becoming an experience. The next piece is reflection. We've really undervalued reflection. And I'm trying to put that micro into coaching five minutes at a time. Hey, I'm actually going to leave the screen and I want you to think about this question. I'll be back in five minutes. And forcing them to not verbally process before they've actually reflected because our, we're so busy. We're so loud. We're, we're so going 12 places at one time. So how can we bring focus back? Um, as I said about, uh, I'm learning about my own adrenaline levels and what I said before I was excited, I really had some anxiety about. And so like just as an Enneagram 7, just calling BS on myself in a lot of ways, I would say terracited the emotion of faith. But I think that that um, was often an excuse to run in a frenetic pace. Uh, and so accepting my limits and accepting that my motor runs about, you know, one and a half or two times speed and that I have to lower my adrenaline levels um, to be able to be more calm uh, and curious than I am caffeinated. And so those are some things. How's my body work together with my mind and other things and just like feels dumb to say, but I'm rediscovering the joy of walking at three miles an hour. Um, and so I've got a goal this month to walk. Uh, it was going to be 30 miles. Um, and then, you know, there's just a mile a day. And then it was like, eh, just 50. Let me just, it feels better. I don't know. And uh, so I just went out for a walk after this and like, it's allowed me to notice different things and slow down. My thought process is better. Um, and so yes, reading a ton of books, you know, always that kind of thing. Um, but I'm actually trying to read more for quality yeah. than I am for quantity, um, which means I can't promise every podcast guest that I'm going to read their book ahead of time. And just being honest, Hey, yeah. I haven't read your book yet, but can't wait to explore it kind of thing. Uh, mm -hmm. so yeah, that's a lot of how I'm learning and how I'm being shaped at the time. Um, man, I, I love reading business books, um, because I see how that translates to ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also love reading, uh, books in psychology because I see how that translates to every single person. And so maybe my, my big thought that has been re-clarified this year is 95% of what we're experiencing is the same. 5% is technical, contextual, or industry standard. Mm. I can tell you that every dad out there feels some level of dad guilt. And how do we talk about that together? I can tell you that every leader out there feels like they're failing, they're not doing enough, and they don't have enough time to take care of themselves. Could we just talk about that for a second? And so I think those things that make us more human actually can unite us more. And so how do I talk about that? Last thing, I'm learning to lean the way, uh, lead the way. Mm. Felt a little bit of shame that I was tired at the end of the summer. Um, there's five or six factors, including a house flood and almost total redo of our home, uh, in insurance issues, all that that led to this. We were tired at the end of the summer. And normally the fall is a get up and go time. Uh, and I just had to hit timeout and do some reversals. And so I'm inviting other people into the journey of saying, hey, here's how I'm replenishing. Here's how I'm moving back toward health. Here's how I'm trying to grieve the losses I experienced in the last year that were way more brutal than I thought at the time. Mm. Uh, and um, would you come learn with me? And I'm just learning that that posture invites people in versus tells everybody that we have everything going on perfectly in our lives. Right, right on. Yeah, you are being an exemplar of humility in that. Um, so you, uh, you practice what you preach, my friend. That's the goal, man. If I, if I don't, please shoot me a text. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No text yet. I have seen you in your yoga pants though. And to, please don't just don't. don't. No, yeah. no. Yeah. But that's, that's not, not a, a gift. Man. That's not a gift to anybody. I'm just trying to be authentic here. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. And, yeah, I'm right. I'm gonna, friend, and I'm telling you, I'm the least flexible person in the world. So either I need to quit <laughs> yoga all out, or I need to do yoga a ton more. Maybe, maybe. Oh, you have any thoughts? Okay, great. That's that's what it is. That's my area for growth. That's why I came on the podcast. Is right I need to do yoga four times a day, hot yoga. You hot know, yoga helps. There we go. All right. Well, thanks guys for uh, yeah. meeting me today. I needed that. Right on. Hey, um, I want to respect our time here. You have you have so many things going on, and a lot of them are uh, programs or cohorts or coaching that many in the Communitas organization have benefited from. Give us give us kind of a list of of some of the things that are available through Stay Forth. Um, I, I mean, we, I've done leadership retreats with you. I've done a ton of them, but yeah. let's give our listeners some of those things, and, and we'll make reference to them in the show notes. But 
Yeah, two, you know, two things I think could be most helpful. By the way, there are dots that connect between all those. So whenever people say that, I was like, I don't feel like we're doing a lot because we're never doing them all at the same time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. stay forth leadership podcast. We are currently doing a series called Beyond Tired. And just to timestamp that, that's going to be mid or actually late September to late October. Beyond Tired, we're going to move from assessing to actually making some changes in your life, to putting some replenishment back in your life, to putting some long-term rhythms in. And essentially, this is just showing my work in the process that I'm going back through. Again, after death by a thousand paper cuts uh, for me and for my family this last year. So um, that's a great kind of top of the funnel. Uh, It's free 99, which is my favorite price. Um, And then (laughs) one thing that I'm really excited about right now, Jeff, is we had lots of people asking for individual coaching. It's expensive. It's time consuming. We're going to go deep. We're going to challenge people big time. Not everybody's ready for that. And also, how does my team experience this? So we spent a year, we tried two or three iterations, one of them you've experienced, Jeff, and we got to this spot of saying, what are the 10 core skills that a leader needs in order to be effective? And that's the word we've landed on is effective, which is just doing the right things well. And we help leaders to prune out the wrong things, do the right things well. And we let we landed on 10, not because it's just this you know easiest number to come up with, but literally just there are 10 skills. If we don't have those, we're going to struggle. Uh, and so we put that into a cohort form, the effective leader cohort, and we're actually running two of them in the fall, two of them in the winter, um, just on different days uh, to be able to catch different leaders. Teams are learning together. So I am thrilled. It's skill-based and that's that great thing. It isn't just come in, here's a content dump from Alan. We actually have new skills in the learning portal to kind of like fumble our way through those. Uh, I'm having a blast with it. And these folks are hungry. They're there in teams. And so that, that's been really fun. The other piece is uh, coaches boot camps. I run those about uh, twice, three times a year. And we figured out how to do it in a week, which has been really fun. You've been part of this kind of blitz around podcasts, Jeff, is what if we did a reverse learning model where you learn ahead of time, read some things, then you come and ask questions. We value your time. And in one week from Monday to Friday, I'm watching coaches move from, I may want to be a coach to I've got this and I can mm-hmm. do this. That's another thing is if you have, if you're interested in that, we kind of put that together once we have about five people who are interested. Mm-hmm. So we don't just put them on the calendar and force our marketing, you know, to get the right people in there. When there's about five people that are, reach out and are interested, we'll put it together. So those are, you know, probably the, the three things that I would say uh, in the midst of that. And um, yeah, maybe the, maybe the last thing is uh, sabbatical has become a huge, huge deal um, for us. And so we are launching a sabbatical cohort, uh, which is we're really excited about, which will involve on-site visit to Colorado to plan your sabbatical, which will involve like a group to go through it. It's a very lonely time. Uh, and some individual coaching with me and one of our other coaches um, on actually how to navigate the disorientation of sabbatical, the prickly and the good that we find during that time. So um, yeah, that's not everything that we do, but uh, I don't want to overwhelm our listeners. Those are a couple a couple things. Right on, right on. Well, Alan, you are a treasure. You're a treasure to our organization. You're a treasure to me as a friend. Um, and gosh, thank you for the time that you're taking to be a part of this. And uh, yeah, I mean, your your DNA is all over a lot of this stuff. So uh, it's been a total joy, um, Jeff. I love um, just who you are and what you bring to the organization and just the culture of experimentation and risk and bumping up against things that are hard. I think God has wired you up exactly for this time, uh, strangely, to come in in the middle of COVID. Like not many leaders uh, can actually come in and, and navigate that. Enjoy, as we said before, you're really an answer to so many of the the prayers on the structure side of keeping a lot of these things, uh, not just in the air, but making them really effective over time. Uh, And so, so glad you guys are personally involved, but man, the Communitas Tribe, it's a special group of people. And I just say, if you're just kind of listening in, wondering what Communitas is, um, don't wonder what it is, wonder who it is Mm. Um, and, Mm. and what makes these amazing people, because I knew it was good. And when we went to Croatia, I went, yes, this group of people from across the world, encouraging, generous, high capacity folks committed to context and just so fun being together. And there was just a joy and just a spark in that. So I uh, love that. Love you know what you guys are building. But more than that, I love who Communitas is. Right on. Right on, Thank my brother. You. 
Well, there's a lot we didn't get to today. So are you open to- Let's do it again. Part two, right on. Let's do it again, man. It's fun. It's fun. Normally I have to ask all the questions, man. I feel like I'm hogging all the airtime. I get to do the talking. (laughs) It's great. We're lucky for it. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, thank you, my brother. Uh, And those of you who are listening, if um, you want to get access to any of the things that Alan has mentioned here, there will be uh, links in our show notes. So please do take advantage of those. And you have been listening to another episode of the Communitas podcast. If you have enjoyed this, we encourage you to send it on to folks who may benefit from what you've heard today. Also, feel free to leave us a rating. We are available in all of the major podcast platforms. You can even subscribe and get a, a text every time a new episode drops. So thank you for listening, and we will be with you again on another episode of the Communitas Podcast.